here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, everybody. Rob McCarron here, alongside Jeff Hawkins via the interwebs. It is Shake Them Ropes, episode 75. It is our first episode since our post-WrestleMania episode. So, if it's like Raw, it's going to be the highest-rated episode of the season. Woo! Yay! We're jumping right into it. No music, even. Just going right into it. The Raw rating came out, Jeff, right before we started recording. And boy, was it big. (laughs) I was hoping you'd introduce me as Todd Martin. You go, oh, wait, it's Jeff Hawkins. (laughs) Like Like Byron... Sex, like Byron Saxton did on Raw. Yeah, it, well, you know, it's uh, it, hope springs eternal on the Raw after WrestleMania. Five. I, I, I went. Ba- I went back and listened. I went back and listened to our episode from last year. Oh yeah, and how and how happy and joyous we were, and so full of hope. Mm-hmm. And we call, and at, towards the end we go. Well, now they could always blow this. <laughs> yeah. No, I and you know those first. To describe Raw this week, it, it, it's like uh, watching a, a really, really, watching your favorite race car or watching a movie that's really good for the first two acts, and then it just kind of sputters at the end. And you're like, eh, well, that was going well for a while. We will go through this Raw show. Before we get through the Raw show and all the news, we're going to talk about the WWE Network conference call on Monday. We're going to talk about the subscriber numbers, the new shows coming up, NXT. Uh, you're going to PWG this weekend, another mm-hmm. PWG show, Don't Sweat the Technique, mm-hmm. which we had a hell of a time trying to find the card for because it's really not on PWG's website, so go Pro Wrestling Gorilla. Uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit. We're going to talk about uh, what else do we got? Anything? Raw? Hot takes on NXT? All that good stuff. Let's start with, is there anything else from WrestleMania that we didn't cover Sunday night in our call-in show? That maybe came to either of us that we have to get into before we start with this raw. You know, I had something originally and I forgot it, so I guess not. Right. Woo. Well, it's been two days after all. Mm-hmm. I, I think mean, it's been nitpicked to death. I still don't think it was as strong as thirty, but that's my opinion, and I'm sticking to it. Yeah, which is fine. Probably mm-hmm. don't need to get into that one again. No, because I won it on Sunday. Uh-huh. Um, let's go through this raw. The Raw, which is, for the last couple of years, giving us the rowdiest crowds of the year. And I don't think, obviously, I think that streak has continued. Whether you enjoy the crowd, whether you hate this crowd, whether some of the chants are a little crass, whether they think they're getting themselves over too much, it's undisputed, indisputable, that they are the rowdiest crowd of the year. And uh, that was certainly the case last night on Raw. A big three-hour episode on USA Network, which, as you said, started really hot. May have ended with a whimper, uh, but we'll get into that main event segment. Some that are uh, some are out there are calling the main event segment tone deaf, unbelievable, so on and so forth. But we start with angry Brock Lesnar, and maybe the best angle they have run in a long, long time. Since the last really hot Brock Lesnar angle, I think since the last time Brock Lesnar, when he F5 like Vince McMahon, had the same type of vibe as this one did. But Angry Brock comes out with Paul Heyman to start off Raw. They're outraged that he lost the title, and they're demanding a rematch, and Paul hypes up this crowd so big because he's promising the first Brock match on Raw in over a decade. And then he comes out later with the Seth Rollins deal. But what did you think about this Brock Lesnar segment here to open up Raw? In what was an incredible first hour of the show. Absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. It, it, it gave me everything I wanted in pro wrestling. It gave me butt kicking. It gave me real anger. It gave me angry Paul Heyman. Um, 
I didn't want the F5s to stop. I wanted him to leave the building, get in his car, go to a gas station, F5 the attendant. Just keep going. Just a, a, a swath of destruction. I was, you know, I I loved this. Yeah. I loved everything about it. I loved just Brock kind of pacing. Yeah, basically. Like back and forth. I Oh, God. Paul, I, Paul Heyman uh, was demanding the rematch, not for a future pay-per-view, but for tonight. So, of course, of course the crowd's going wild. They're thinking, okay, this is going to be, we're finally going to see a Brock match on free TV. We're going to see it right here with us. Uh, and Stephanie comes out saying, of course, the champion isn't here yet. He was flying to New York for the Today Show, doing exactly what we talked about Sunday. He flew there live and then flew right back. Good for S- Seth Rollins having a hell of a week. Stephanie was pretty good in this. Stephanie was great. You know, uh, she didn't come out and emasculate Brock because one, you can't. She was coming close. Yeah, right. <laughs> but you can't you can't do that too much. No. Even, even in the segment where she suspends him, and we'll get to that here in a second, even in the su- segment where she suspends him, like anyone else that would take that as emasculating the baby face, but Brock is just standing there like he doesn't care. He's not turning down to Stephanie McMahon. He F5s the guy no matter what. He just does yeah. what he wants. Yeah. Um, so they ask for the rematch. Okay. And Seth Rollins finally appears later in the show. But Seth weasels out of the rematch. He says it'll happen. Seth was great here. Seth was outstanding. Weasels out of the rematch. Brock isn't taking that shit. I'm jet lagged and my foot hurts. His foot hurts from curb stomping Roman and Brock. That is such a perfect heel line. Brock gave him a little smirk. That is such a perfect heel line. Yep. Brock gave Ah. him a little smirk. Uh, Seth... Starts to walk away. Brock Lesnar chases after him because Brock is a beast. He's not this guy who's just going to say, oh, you're not giving it to me. Boo hoo. And stand in the ring looking sad. No, Mm -hmm. he's going to go take his title shot. Goes after Seth, puts him in the ring, starts suplexing him. The crowd's going absolutely nuts. Eventually, J&J interfere, allows Seth the time to run away so he doesn't get his match. And then Brock Lesnar. Oh, you skipped something very cool. The Enziguri that he just no soul. That's true. Was friggin' amazing. After, after the that first look, suplex attempt, after the uh, first suplex attempt, Seth uh, spins over it, lands on his feet. Brock turns around into an Enziguri. He goes to one knee barely, but then is right back up, staring at Seth like, "I cannot believe you just tried to kick me in the head." Oh, that was so great. That, that was so great. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, the, whole, and I hope, the whole segment, all yes. parties involved were excellent in this. Yes. And and you know what? I'm kind of hoping that the clotheslines on J&J take J&J away for a while. Uh, there's no way. I need. Okay, we'll get into this when we talk about Seth a little later. But yeah. he needs he needs some clean wins on his own. Yeah. So this right segment happens and this. Uh, I liked the touch with the cameraman. I just liked that anybody. Well, and, and Michael. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Jesus. Getting there, Jeff. God, I don't, I don't have you on camera, so I don't know. Running through the <laughs> damn thing, Jeff. <laughs> Let me get to it. So, the announcers are there looking stupid. And Brock Lesnar's so mad, he flips over the announce table. Oddly enough, Michael Cole isn't behind the announce table, because why would he be? Mm-hmm. Flips over the announce table, which kills JBL and Booker T for a good 20 minutes. Kills them dead. Michael <laughs> Cole is out there wondering, oh my god, you killed my buddies. Brock Lesnar grabs this guy. Michael mm-hmm. Cole. Skinny Michael Cole now. Because mm-hmm. he's lost a ton of weight. Skinny Michael Cole goes up for the F5 to Paul Heyman's chagrin. Paul Heyman's demanding that Brock let him go. That was a nice touch. Paul Heyman knows the consequences. He's the guy, you know, he's a reasonable guy at the end of the day. Paul Heyman knows what to do. Mm-hmm. He's begging Brock to stop. Gives Michael Cole this F5. Michael Cole lands right on his head. And then Brock Brock Lesnar sees the cameraman there taking his picture. Yeah. Lifts the cameraman up for F5. Stephanie McMahon comes out screaming, you can't do that. You can't do that. He's a civilian. He's not a wrestler. Put him down. Put him down. You know what? Naturally. Brock Lesnar did. Put him Mm -hmm. down with the F5. Agreed. Stephanie suspends him. Brock Lesnar's like, I don't care. I'm going to F5 this guy again. Does it? Does it? Brock Lesnar ain't playing no games. He just lost his title. He lost his title and not only that, but lost his title rematch in a span of two nights. He's pissed. Stephanie McMahon suspends him. That's taken Brock Lesnar off TV for a little bit, which is the same angle when Triple H suspended him, basically. 
You know, I know Brock Lesnar quit, but at the same time, Triple H kind of was suspending him, whatever the deal was. Like, this is the same angle. So eventually, something's going to happen to where they need him to come back or whatever the case may be. But Stephanie was excellent here in the suspension. Brock Lesnar, of course, was excellent. This whole segment with Brock Lesnar at this Raw was, it's going to be hard to top that as angle of the year. No. You're right. And kill more people, Brock. I, I want to see Brock kill popcorn vendors, merchandise, production assistants, all the way out the door as he goes. Absolutely. I think I think as a writer, my my one thing I may have pitched was a is a continuity thing, which is you remember when uh Stephanie slapped Brie Bella in the audience, she was attacking a, a non-roster member. Camera member, cameraman's not a member of the roster. I would have had him arrested and taken out in addition to being suspended. But that's me. Yeah. I would have pitched that. I would have pitched that. I thought that, I thought that would have been very clever. But, yeah, I, but, it was, but it all worked out. I mean. It worked out best. I think just leave it the way it was. It seems it excellent. But it seems odd that he just walks off after being suspended, too. You know, it, it's kind of like, well, who's going to make me leave? That's what I was waiting for. I was waiting for him just to stand there and go, bring out somebody and make me leave. Well, there was nothing else for him to do, really. Oh, I know. He, the, his whole goal for being there was to get his title back. Once the title goes away, like, he's not, he's not like a murderer. Nope. So I, I'm, I just, I'm just throwing an idea out there, and that's sure. all. Yeah. But uh, in between all that, we had a couple of things going on on Raw. The Brian or the Daniel Bryan Dolph Ziggler match that everyone was hoping for at WrestleMania. They had their match on Raw. Strong style match. Loved it. Loved, Dan- loved, yeah, loved Daniel it. Bryan was like, okay, Dolph Ziggler, you want to fight me? Well, let's fight. He's basically goading Dolph Ziggler into matching his intensity. It was intense. It was hard hitting. I, head this butts, head butts, and head butts. This could have been Lord. a WrestleMania match right here. It was awesome. It was great. Daniel Bryan, and it's a six. Was this for the Intercontinental title? Because I was unsure. Yes. Okay, yes, so Intercontinental oh. Championship. Wade Barrett is out there on commentary. Daniel Bryan gets the win. He defends his title. So uh, you get the Dolph Ziggler title shot out of the way. You get Daniel Bryan, a first successful defense, looking strong. Mm-hmm. Wade Barrett seemingly set up as the next challenger as he attacks Daniel Bryan after the match. Mm-hmm. But who would come to make the save? The returning Sheamus. With his orange mohawk and his braided up beard. It list- I, I loved this look. I loved this. It was interesting. I, it, it was different. It makes him look different. It makes him stand out. It makes him makes his size all the more intimidating with the mohawk and stuff. I, the, I think it's great. The crowd was chanting, you look stupid. And Seamus was I welcoming those chants. Strongly disagree. You look. It, it's pro wrestling. The amount of times you could call someone, you know, as you know, you could say someone was looking stupid in pro wrestling is huge. You can Dif- different is good. Yeah. I want different occasionally. Everybody looks stupid in pro wrestling. This is the gimmick, guys. Well, it, it's he doesn't have to be clean cut for promotional appearances anymore because well, no. he's a heel. If it helps let, you, let hate him. him great. Weird. He looks like a guy from the cast of the Road Warrior, yeah. which is fine with me. If it helps you hate him, then he's doing something correctly. Oh, God, I love th- I love this kind of retcon. I, it's kind of like when you see a comic book character that's kind of lame, mm-hmm. and he's been out for a while, and then he comes back and someone's reimagined him to be much, much cooler than he ever was. I dug it. I liked it. Yep, so Seamus comes out. Everyone thought he was making the save, but of course he ends up bro-kicking Brian, giving the white noise to Ziggler. He is a badass heel now. And on SmackDown, you're going to see... Sheamus and Wade Barrett take on Daniel Bryan and Dolph Ziggler. So Sheamus is a big-time heel, uh, possibly going with Bryan in a program. Uh, Wade Barrett still seemingly should have his title shot, but uh, what are you going to do? Boy, they are in love with that Daniel Bryan-Sheamus pairing, aren't they? They really are. I they don't get are. It. I don't get it's it two, either. It's two guys who couldn't quite make the main event, but still guys that are above the regular mid-carders on the show. So they're kind of like the two guys who are in that position. Now with kind of Dean Ambrose and Bray Wyatt. I'm always of the opinion that in the pitch meetings, it's always like, man, we really want to do something with Sheamus. Well, Brian's popular. Have him beat him. And that's always the response. I just, it's it's a little flabbergasted, but I'll be interested to see where it goes. The Lucha Dragons made their WWE Raw debut, their in Mm. earnest debut on the main roster uh, as part of an eight-man tag. But really, it was a showcase for the Lucha Dragons, Sin Cara and Callisto, especially Callisto, who the fans were outrageous for. You know, NXT fan base, so yeah. 
Oh, absolutely. So they were loving it. <laughs> that was my favorite quote. They're chanting NXT because both the Lucha Dragons and the Ascension came from NXT. I'm like, ain't nobody cheering NXT for the Ascension, fool. Right. <laughs> but uh, Callisto does his high flying. He, Of course, Cesaro is in the match because he's the perfect base. Like, if you want to get a Luchador over, put him up there with Cesaro. That's, yeah, that's small, flippy do. Do, small flippy do guy. Cesaro will make him look like a million bucks. Yeah, we talked about the Brock Lesnar stuff. Still excellent. Well, hold on. I, I think this was great. I think this was a great debut for the Lucha Dragons. I'm not a fan of the Lucha Dragons. Oh, great but debut. I was a, but I was a fan of this match. I'm not a huge fan of them together either. I, I'd be interested, I think, in seeing what Callisto could do on his own, but there's plenty of time for that. It's not like Callisto's going to be a part of this tag team for the rest of his life. No, he's going to get the Ray push. I think. Eventually. Once they're established as a team, they'll break him up and Sin Cara will be the heel. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um... We had uh, the Brock Lesnar getting suspended. Of course, after this angle, Michael Cole's gone for the show. Booker T's gone for the show. Mm-hmm. And JBL is gone for the show. So who would replace them? None other than Byron Saxton at first, all by himself. And eventually Jerry Lawler. So Jerry Lawler back on Raw. And Of after- all the announcers you have, that's the guy you put out there? Byron? God, he brings nothing to the table. He was pretty bland on this show. And I know it's his job to be bland because that's, that, part, of, that that's part of the whole gimmick. But I mean, I mean he's he not looks selling good. anything on this no, show. No, he looks good in a suit and he just kind of talks. That's what he does. And Put Tom Phillips on the show. Put Phillips? Get Brennan out of mothballs? Hell, put Renee out there. She'd be better. And she's terrible on commentary. Renee on is commentary. She's but, pretty terrible on commentary. I think a lot of people give Renee a break because maybe maybe it's because she's a woman. Maybe it's because people like her. She's very likable. She's great yes. on those pregame shows. She's great yeah. backstage and interviews. That's she her niche. Awful on commentary. I think they should have given Phillips the, the chance Absolutely. out here. Tom Phillips is excellent. He's yeah. great. And he plays very well with JBL. The best part is you're going to have this interaction with JBL. Of course, not last night on Raw because JBL was dead. But mm-hmm. – on a regular show, if you watch main event, and I know I'm the only one in the in North America who does. You have to. But if you watch main event, the Tom Phillips-JBL pairing is so great. Tom Phillips is excellent at play-by-play. JBL doesn't go as crazy as he usually does because he's not busy making fun of Michael Cole. Like, they work well together on main event. Put is Tom Scott, Phillips in there. Is Scott Shannon or whatever his name is still on the uh, roster? He the, well, the he New works York exclusively in Connecticut because he's on okay. the news, so he only he doesn't travel anymore. He would have been a good choice. I, I just well, he wasn't you know, there, so it was no, hard. He wasn't there, and you know what? I would have gone even without a commentary team. Mm, not for the rest. This happened in the first hour of the show. You can't do okay. two hours without it. Or okay, yeah. no, that's that's a fair point. Yeah, you can't do that. Oh, there was something else I was going to say, and I can't remember it right now. But no, this was just bad. This was bad commentary all the way around. And to make them stand without putting the table back up seemed ridiculous. That was that was weird. <laughs> they never just corrected the table. Like, Booker, really? Was Some... Booker T under that table still, or did they Maybe. actually get him out? How'd they get him out? That's my question. If they never lifted the table. You know, they just slid him out. I don't know. <laughs> What are you going to do? I mean, it's so weird. Yeah, just move the table upright. Was Larry Zabisco in the building? Bring him in. He could have done well. <laughs> Stardust and Mizdow. Um, I fear for Mizdow now because he was very likable when he had the Miz to play off of. But this is the exact fear that we've had is when Mizdow goes by himself and there's no antagonist there like the Miz. Are people just going to be cheerful for Damian Mizdow when he's not doing what got him over? Well, not what he was doing, what got him over either time. Because he can't go back to the intellectual character, what he was, because that was a heel character. So what do you do with him? He's never been a babyface character, really. Yeah. I I mean, it's just, but he can't, he came out with the Miz tights. He's still Damien Mizdow. Like, what are you doing? He's doing, he's being the Miz. Unless the gimmick's going to be, I'm going to be a better Miz than Miz is. Well, that's the, the gimmick seems to be that, okay, I'm Damien Sandow. I've been unsuccessful. I'm finally getting cheers by being a Miz clone. Maybe I can just start, you know, I'm still a Miz clone. Like, I may not like the Miz and I'm not working for him, but this is what made me popular is being the Miz. Yeah. So I'm just going to be the Miz. 
we'll see how long it takes him. Yeah. Yep. Curtis Axel uh, lost to the debuting Neville. Another, Let's talk about this. Another international star who has lost his first name, yet Eric yes. Rowan keeps his first name. Yes. Get I, the E out, WWE. Take Eric out of Rowan. That's I liked, the one. I liked the match. Match was fine. It was a one-minute showcase for Neville doing his high-flying, doing his speed. I mean, this I, was... There's a couple things I don't like. I don't like him dropping the first name. I think I think in today's WWE, guys with a full name and a nickname get over much easier. I know they think it may sound foreign or right. something to that effect, but but he's got the, the man, nickname. The man that gra- the man that gravity forgot, Adrian Neville, is a perfectly good moniker. Neville. I never liked the Adrian. Give him. Names should be pretty simple. One syllable first name, two syllables last name, unless you have a really good, you know, other call hook him, or name or something. Call him Pac Neville. How about that? Well, that's awful. That's a horrible idea. Well, okay. Well, you said one syllable and was going on the fly there. And then, and then you gave us the reason why exactly he's only at one name right now because Pac. Oh, Jesus. Well, He'll okay. never get over with a name like Pac. He'll never, well, he'll never get over with a name like Neville. Neville will be fine. I actually, the first, the first time JBL hears Neville, he's going to be calling him Neville Chamberlain, the British prime minister who surrenders to everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you think I'm wrong. You no, wait. I don't know. I don't know. Too bad we didn't have JBL here because he was dead. Well, and the other thing was he's going to kill himself if he keeps wearing that cape. I wonder if JBL will be on SmackDown slash main event. That, ca- that cape makes him a geek. I think the cape is okay. No. He shouldn't wrestle in it. No, he shouldn't. But, Absolutely well, no, shouldn't wrestle in no, it. No, but you saw the outfit goes from kind of that that hoodie thing well, into the cape. Yeah. That's stupid. Yeah, I think it's fine. I think people are just like, oh, why'd you change this guy? At, no matter what the change is. No, 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 no. There are good changes and there are bad changes. That's, that's, my, that's the Mighty Mouse gimmick hanging on right there. Adrian Neville. Is a high flyer, little Superman type. Superman has a cape. Are you upset? Batman has a cape. Are you upset? Adrian Neville coming out with a cape is. This is the reality era. He shouldn't have a cape, dude. Unless he's a maestro. Who cares? People come out with capes. That's fine. They take them off before they start wrestling. And he did. No, he did. He did the moonsault with the cape on. The match hadn't hadn't started yet. When the match began, he was not wearing a cape. They're going to make him do aerial moves with the cape. You know that. Oh, you yeah. know that. Yeah. He's going to get twisted in it or something. He's going to break his neck. All I'm saying right now is don't get hyped up about the cape. Should've he was, kept he was on TV for two minutes last night. And I probably would have. Well, I mean, and this is just an aesthetic choice. I think they should have given him a two-minute video package that has his highlights from NXT Tells you who it is, introduces him, and then boom, he comes in. They did. I think that would have been good. They did. No, they did. They did. They did. The, they did the teaser vid. They did the yeah, little fifteen seconds. It's not close enough because yeah. there's there's yeah. a connection to the audience that needs to be made there, and it wasn't made. Yeah, it's close enough. Oh God, why are you wrong on everything? I'm super right. Uh huh. About everything, and including when we get to our hot Roman Reigns takes. Oh, I'm gonna be so right. Um. What else happened? Oh, they announced that Michael Cole suffered cervical damage. Oh, Jesus. In <laughs> the hands of Brock Lesnar. So, like, if that's true, he should be gone for a while. I'm really curious to see if he's just not going to make the European shows, like if he's out for, like, April, or if he's just back on Monday's Raw. With a with neck brace, but still, the, cho- the choice of injury is... They always overboard the injuries. No, it, it, and it's, 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 it's the paro injury. Oh, okay. Stop making those connections, people. Really oh, stop. I'm sorry, it's... Well, no, it, it's just a lack of awareness. That's all. That, yes. Yeah, that's probably true. But still... And I get that. People, and are, I gonna get... Get, people are gonna get hurt. There are gonna be injuries. How about a neck injury? Why did they get so technical? Yeah, I don't know why they always want to be so uh, specific because it gets them in trouble. Like, I mean, this yes. happened with Dean Ambrose and Bray Wyatt. You went specific with the throat injury that should keep someone out for like two months. Exactly. Back on SmackDown. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be specific. Just say he, you know, he's got a boo-boo on his neck. Don't, don't, don't be that 
coy, but you know, a neck injury. He'll I, be out for. I want Brock Lesnar to give people boo boos. Oh, that's what I was gonna say. I actually thought taking Michael Cole out was going to lead to either Jr. or just a total reboot of the announced team for the new year. Yeah, well, they, they've already rebooted the announced team for this year once. Well, they 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 added Booker. They added Booker. Took out Lawler. I mean, that's a pretty big shift. Take out all three. <laughs> I don't know. And Lawler. As long as you don't give us Byron Saxton. No. One one half of one show is enough on that. Uh, John Alex, Cena issued... Alex Riley. There you go. We'll put Alex Riley. Nope. And... <laughs> While I would be fine with that, I would much rather see Alex Riley rise up to become WWE champion one day. So, no. Let him wrestle. <laughs> so good. Keep so going. good. Keep going. Alex Riley's the best. John Cena issued an open challenge. Sadly, Rusev nor Alex Riley came out to accept it. Uh, Dean Ambrose did, and the two proceeded to have a non-WrestleMania pay-per-view quality match. I think it helped build Dean Ambrose back a little. Absolutely, it did. I thought he, I thought he was gonna, I thought he was gonna turn heel too. I and, thought he well, was gonna turn heel here. That that was a thought that crossed my mind. The big thing though, after the match, I mean, he was a baby face. He uh, he slaps hands with John Cena, but whose music was playing at the end of the segment? Dean's. Yeah, no, he Dean did. Ambrose. He did. He did very well for himself here. I think. Uh, I think you need to start rebuilding him back and, and start giving him some wins because people like him. So, hey, let's get behind a guy people like. That would be novel. And it was cool, too, because, I mean, Dean Ambrose coming out to accept this challenge made all the sense in the world because this guy is trying to get a belt so he can be on WWE headquarters Hall of Fame. And plus the uh, the style of the match. Yeah. So it really helped. It was a fight more he, than 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 a than a wrestling match. He failed to get his Intercontinental. He had a shot here to get the US, so he took it. It fit his it fit his character. I He's a it. loose cannon. I like those types of characters. I like loose cannon characters. So yeah, <laughs> it fits. And also, I was kind of, I was also half expecting Rusev to come out during this match and, and lay them both out, to right. be honest. Yeah. yeah. But I'm glad that didn't happen, but still. I mean, it, it was a fine show. I like you know, I mean, and then there was also that part in the back of my head that, was, okay, if he's teasing heel a little bit here after the match, and everybody was saying, well, if Reigns is the third partner, maybe he's turning heel too. Maybe it's a heel shield reunion or something. But that was me overthinking it way too much. Overall, great job rebuilding Ambrose there. Um, I thought it was really clever. Someone pointed out on Twitter, the WWE app in their rundown of Seth Rollins cashing in, uh, because last year, during the Dean Ambrose Seth Rollins feud, Dean Ambrose promised that anytime Seth Rollins would try to cash in that briefcase, oh, that's right, Dean Ambrose would be there to put a stop to it. He would be there to make sure that Seth Rollins could never cash in that briefcase. And of course, at WrestleMania, there was no Dean Ambrose. So they, on the WWE app of all things, remembering this, they brought that fact up. And the fact they said is that Dean Ambrose, I don't know if they said he was either taken to the hospital. Or who is completely laid out after the ladder match that he couldn't physically go to stop Seth Rollins. But just the fact that they mentioned it on something related to WWE, I was amazed by. They actually brought it up on the WWE app to explain why Dean Ambrose didn't stop Seth Rollins. And you know, it wouldn't have shocked me if he had gone to the hospital. Because yeah. he split the back of his head open during that <laughs> It's unbelievable, match. yes. But hey, he wrestled the next night on Raw. All of yeah. them did. All the ladder match guys did. They all wrestled the very next night on the Raw just, or Superstars. That's, that's always... In, oh, Harper did? Harper wrestled on Superstars, yep. Okay. So did R-Truth. Yay. In fact, I believe they wrestled each other and R-Truth won. Oh, God. Are you kidding? Yeah, R-Truth, R-Truth beat him. Continue with Rock uh, before I get mad. <laughs> so, Seth Rollins is backstage... You know, he couldn't wrestle Brock Lesnar tonight because he was jet-lagged. Instead, he'll wrestle in a six-man tag. We had Seth Rollins, Randy Orton, Kane, Big Show all involved in this segment. By the end of it, there was a main event six-man announced with Randy Orton being forced to find two partners. And the question was, can he find anyone who would want a team with him? I bet he would. I bet he would. Golly. The the suspense was killing me, although I thought maybe a new guy here. Yeah, people were people were thinking that. Like, that's what they do on these shows. Like, that's yeah. This is how you set up your new guys. You yes. can set up new guys. You can have all that. But you know what? Good on WWE for doing that. They use the fact that everyone would think there would be new guys or girls or girls, and it didn't we're happen. Speaking, Sa- speaking of we new hoping, girls, we we're hoping Sasha Banks would be the third. Speaking of new girls, the next segment was no Sasha Banks. 
No Charlotte. Sasha Banks teased on her Twitter that she would make a bank statement tonight on Raw, and it didn't happen. You know, either she might have been directed to do that to get interest up, or they might have planned her to be on there, and they came back and said, you know, we changed our mind. Or she was just tweeting. Or they saw it on Twitter and said something. I mean, I'm I'm still shocked Charlotte didn't make an appearance. Oh, I think Sasha's coming up before Charlotte, honestly. But I was I was shocked that Sasha didn't appear. I was not surprised at all that Charlotte didn't. And I'm also shocked that since AJ was wearing a Bailey shirt, I thought she might be the sixth person. Yeah, they're besties now. They're best friends. I got no problem with that. I like Bailey a lot. So uh, we had Naomi pinning Nikki Bella. She's pinned Nikki multiple times here in the month of March. Yes. Which is stunning to me. I'm watching main event this month, and she straight up pinned in a singles match with no interference. Nikki Bella on main event several weeks ago. For seemingly no reason. I again have to say how much I love heel Natty. She's great. Natty as a heel is working. Which Natty as a heel is working great. Are they are off of, me? Are they off of separating Nikki or Natalia and Tyson now? Like I hope so. Pick up what you want to do with that. Yeah. yeah. Um, the what do you think of the match? What do you think of the match? Uh, now, the let's, match let's, let's, it was a okay. six woman tag. Now I didn't hear. There's a lot of talk about negative chants coming. Yes. At these women. Yes. The only chants I could actually make out on the show were positive chants. Not me. I heard. I, could, uh, I couldn't make out all these chants that other people were saying. I don't know if it was an issue of them being in certain parts of the building, but I mean, you you heard on TV negative I chants. He- I heard you suck, Cena. Okay. I heard um, I heard the CM Punk chant that was drowned. Well, yeah, the CM Punk. There's always going to be CM Punk chants. And when, um, you're with, when you're in there with AJ, there's always going to be, of course, them. There was a I thought I had heard the. Uh, there was another one directed at the Bellas that I heard, and I can't remember it. Um, I'm a little bit more negative about the chance during this match than I am the main event. Mostly because you and I are both fans of the NXT women. Yeah. This is this is one where the crowd oh, has to can, this is one where the crowd has to take one for the team in my opinion. I'm also and, by and, the way, I, I'll let you go on with your point. I just want to say I'm fans of the WWE women too. Oh, as I yeah. I am I am maybe a little less so. I I'm I'm fans of certain women. About half. I'd say about 50-50. This is one where you have to, t- you have to take one for the team, guys. Uh, you have to make them look good. You have to cheer and boo in the right places. Um, you can't get jaundiced or jaded about it because they're going to take this the wrong way. They're going to take this as, well, they're turning on them because they don't like women's wrestling. We may as well keep all those gr- all that great talent we have down at NXT down there because they won't be interested once they come up here. Uh-uh. You got to root for them. You got to build up this di- you got to you got to prop up this division, guys, if you want it to go stronger and you want them to get more matches. I I was I strongly disagreed with the rather misogynist turn that the audience made on the, on this match. Yeah, and I don't doubt, of course, that there was this turn. I just didn't hear some of these chants. Like, I, I even wrote that, you know, they were largely positive for the women. I wasn't match, even but... listening on surround sound, and I yeah, could hear I, it. I, so... I don't know. Maybe I was just, uh, maybe I was paying attention too much to the match for the to listen to every single chant, probably, is what happened. Uh, but the, uh, the Ryback came up to Randy Orton, said, uh, I'm hungry, feed me. So he was a partner. And then now it was the uh, built-up on commentary, rather... Uh, Lacking of surprise by Byron Saxton. Byron was like, who will the third man be? What a mystery. (laughs) I'm sure people live were hoping, like, this is where we're going to get a big surprise. Like, Goldberg's going to show up or something. I was hoping for Brock in a mask. Yeah, that's not happening. I know. If you... These people. I saw multiple people say Brock in a mask. I'm like, think about that for a second. How much of a cartoon do you want badass Brock Lesnar to be? He's a cartoon if he comes out in a mask. Well, it's it's an obvious. Yeah, no, but it's not, it's a not cartoon, obvious. But it's stupid. obvious. It's, it's stupid. obvious. If Brock Lesnar came out in a mask and you were like, "Hey, Brock in a mask," and he, he just kills everybody, no. not just not just the, he doesn't do the tag match. He just kills everybody no, and then he leaves. Because Brock Lesnar would come out 
with no mask and still just kill everybody. He's not okay. putting on a mask to be this goofball. All right. This is the wig going on Goldberg. You've made your point. Correctly, might I add. Rusev and Goldust was just there. Rusev starting a new squeak, uh, a streak. He squashed Goldust. A new squeak? That's new squeak. great. I'm yeah. looking at the word squash that I wrote down here while trying to say it, so I messed mm-hmm. up. Uh, sure. Lana wasn't there tonight. Nope. Nope. Hurt. S- slash, selling the injury. Hurt, yep, slash Rusev kind of upset at her still. That's what I wanted to say about WrestleMania. That's a no, and it's about the Rusev match. Mm-hmm. I liked the use of the shoes that never really came into play. Just as a slight distraction there. It was a slight distraction. That's all it was meant to be. Yeah, Lana yeah. was great. No, that was a great subtle thing. Because usually she doesn't have usually, anything. Right. Well, subtlety's not their strong suit. Right, but it's just Lana. Like, what do I, I – she's looking at the screen. She's looking at different things. Like, what can I do here to get my man out of trouble? And she's mm-hmm. like, oh, I have a shoe I can throw. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Um, of course, we get to the main event and the mystery man to the chagrin of everyone involved in attendance, was Roman Reigns, mm-hmm. which was the obvious one. No, I, I get oh, that. it was so obvious, yes. But, it was very obvious. But the fans were hoping for something more. No, I, I, I think that, yeah, I think they were hoping for Finn Balor. Because they were greedy shits. Or a Tommy to, to play up the Battle Royal story. If you're upset that Roman Reigns, I gotta be honest here, and I hope no one hates me for this, but if you were hoping for more than Roman Reigns and really mad that Roman Reigns came in, you are a greedy shit. I, you know, I don't think they were necessarily upset at just that. Well, they're upset I think too that it's Roman because it's Roman. No, I think they're more upset that it's another stupid top baby face versus the authority storyline at right. the same time. And we well, got Kane and the big show yeah. involved. Yeah. Well, let me say this. I'm not, if you were upset that it was Roman in general, that's fine. If you were upset because you were expecting more, that's all I'm taking issue with. If okay. you're upset that it was Roman, that's great. If you were upset that it was Roman because you wanted more after the show that you got with the best Brock Lesnar angle you're going to see with, you know, Neville and other NXT stars appearing and a hot crowd. If you were upset that it was Roman because strictly that it was Roman Reigns instead of someone bigger, that's what I take issue with. I don't think you should. And I'll tell you why. Well, I do. So. Well, you can, but but remember, you said it yourself. This is where they generally do introduce a new guy, and this was raised expectations by the honestly, WWE. Honestly, not that generally. We're not, that no. were not followed through. No, where's, mean, where's this issue that this is generally where they introduce someone? Name me someone who was introduced in the main event outside of Brock Lesnar lately. Name someone who was introduced in a main event where there's something like this. Name somebody. Mystery partners on a big show. And this is a big show. This isn't just a, a big show. This was a mystery. <laughs> this was a mystery partner that was only set up one and a half hours earlier on this very show. That's still one and a half hours earlier. No. Okay, no. that's still expectations, and that's still mystery. And this is like a pay per view. This raw. So yeah, the expectations were raised, and they were disappointed. So yeah, they took some of it out on Roman and the match. I have. I understand it. I don't say it's the right thing to do, but but to tell people that they were wrong and and having their hopes raised when that was exactly the point of having mystery partners because everybody thought it was going to be everybody actually thought it was going to be Orton and Roman and someone and that's where they're going to introduce the someone once Ryback came into play it was a very obvious thing that was going to be Roman but at the same time the expectations weren't met well, if the expectations were Roman, and Roman was the one who come out, expect- expectations were exactly met. No, because it was going to be they Roman. Were literally met. <laughs> no, it was going to be Roman, Orton, and someone else. Yeah. And then, when, and then when Ryback came into the picture, it was just kind of like, and then they were they were really. I mean, they just had that time to get kind of, oh God, this. But the story here was the fact, of course, that Roman Reigns took this big beating at WrestleMania the night before. Yeah. Yet he still came out to fight. Because injuries all of a sudden matter in the WWE? Sure. No. Brock Lesnar was selling his injuries. How how many close-ups were there to Brock Lesnar's face that was all beat up? Yeah, he was he yeah, but he wasn't out. I mean, people take bumps on concrete now and come back the next week. So just taking a beating doesn't knock isn't gonna knock you out. Well if we if we say that the injuries don't matter, then the whole point of that match at WrestleMania goes out the window because the whole point of the match was the fact that Brock Lesnar was destroying. I agree, Roman but you're Reigns. giving an, you're giving an unreasonable expectation to the fans that they think that this guy is going to be out for a night. 
because he got beat on a little bit when every other baby face of his caliber comes back the next night and it's not seen as some sort of special struggling through the odds type of thing. The match was fine. I liked the match. I loved that that dive that Roman took. I thought that was pretty friggin' great. But to say, but to say, man, this, but to trash the audience for basically be getting the conditioning that the WWE has been conditioning them with and not fighting against it for some reason is an unrealistic expectation in my opinion. I don't buy this argument that they've been conditioned <laughs> to expect more than Roman Reigns there. I honestly don't, but either way, the match was fine. The main event wasn't that bad. The story that they were telling was not bad at all. Roman no. Reigns comes back because he's a fighter you know, I, I think they might have been hoping that the crowd would have respected him more after the main event of Mania. And that may be how it ends up playing out here in the months to come. But that crowd in particular was not the crowd to have the Roman Reigns coming out and be respected. There were two mistakes that they made here. They were thinking that this was going to be the Tommy Dreamer in ECW where right. he gets beat on exactly. and he gets turned face. Exactly. And they made the mistake that the goodwill that they had built on the first two hours was going to carry over to that third hour. Well, there's also this myth that Tommy Dreamer took the beating from the Sandman and then the next night he was this huge baby face. It still no, takes it was, time. No, no, no. It took a few, it took a few cards where he yes. was getting beaten on some more. It's, it still takes time for this. So keep beating up Roman. That's that's the <laughs> Steve, Steve Austin didn't go from top heel to babyface in that one match with Bret Hart. It still took time. That was just the precursor to everything. No, and it also took a hard sell by Jr. to right. get him over as a face still, at the same time. It still takes time. So that was your main event. I mean, people were out there. You know, it was Roman Reigns got the win. Who did he pin? Kane, I think. After a after a spear, yeah, he pinned Kane. Yeah, and then the show goes off the air. Yes. And the show goes off the air. A little flat because people, you know, the higher expectations. Oh, it would get flatter. Yet Sting come out on the WWE Network. Unbelievable. To tell us what his future would hold. And his answer was, I don't know. <sighs> this crowd was tired by this point. They were disappointed by the main event of Raw. And then they did something stupid. And they had already seen Sting. So it's not like, oh my God, I can't believe Sting's on the show. They had already seen him. And he's not a rock level star who's going to get a big reaction no matter what. He got a great reaction. What are you talking he about? He got a fine I mean, reaction he... coming out. Oh, if you watch the whole thing, when he's done talking and goes for the crowd cheers, that crowd's like, oh, all right, Sting. Well, because he's doing shtick and he's not talking from the heart. He's doing the WWE shtick. Like, oh, I was so happy to be at WrestleMania and to shake Triple H's hand, and you know, which was dumb, but continue. This is where your pro Sting in the Hall of Fame bias is coming through. Shining I... through big time. I... I made the argument. No one that cared Sting about. No one cared about Sting in this post match. No one cared about him. They did when he came out, and then he started talking. And he, and then, yeah, and then he started talking. That's the problem. And he wasn't talking from the heart because everybody was thinking maybe it's a maybe he's going to set up the Undertaker. Maybe he's going to set up. Maybe he's going to announce his retirement, which would have been a nice touch. But of course, he was going to announce his retirement. That should have been. I think that should have been on USA. But and then they bring out both effing Dallas. Bo Dallas. Are you kidding who is, me? Who has now made his third return except none of them have really... He he was in the ring randomly on Raw. He was Characters in the ring for the uh, Raw, the uh, pre-show Battle Royal at WrestleMania. And he was in the ring here with Sting. And uh, yeah, they do some talking and then Sting, of course, being a massive heel he is, is in the ring there with Bo Dallas who's telling him what a legend Sting is and how he looks up to him. Of course, Sting responds by giving the Scorpion death drop. Yeah, I'm I at this point watching Sting, I was still mad at McMahon's comments. <laughs> yeah. We took this character from obscurity and built him up to a main event level guy for WrestleMania. I'm like, hey, well, you kinda, didn't take him from obscurity. Eh, for the last fifteen years, wrestling. No, 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 wise. no, 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 no. There's not that there's not that exception in his statement. No, I know. He's saying overall he's an obscure character because WWE didn't create him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that was the lesson of the Monday Night Wars was the only reason it was a war was because the NWO were WWE guys. Yeah. Never mind the protagonist. That was interesting. I know. Lex Luger. Uh, on, the high, on the highest rated wrestling show for, what, two years? Sting. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> I'm sorry. That just that that comment just I saw that in print. And I, I could hear the just the disdain. And I just, 
Ah. That was your post-mania Raw. I'm looking to see where Raw is next week. They are in Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas. And then they go to England. So at least in two weeks, there'll be a hot crowd. I don't really remember how Austin is for these WWE shows. It's going to be, I think, a hipster crowd. Well, I think it's... It well, actually, you know what? I Actually, I remember it, it was there were pockets of very vocal, knowledgeable fans, but there were a lot of families there but too. at the same time you're gonna get i mean you're gonna get roman reigns heavy on the show you're not gonna have brock lesnar you're not gonna have sting you're gonna have the authority you know being the authority mm-hmm. seth rollins it'll be interesting uh raw they go to london then they're in albany new york and that's then, a nothing crowd and then Extreme rules happens in chicago that's gonna be fascinating you got raw in green bay wisconsin to round out april so uh, that's your schedule for WWE Raw. Yep. Montreal coming up on May 4th. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting in May they're in Montreal, the home of Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. <laughs> Is that what you find interesting? I find that very interesting. Okay. I so there's a network call. The network, they Our announced network uh, presentation. 1.31 million subscribers. Mm-hmm. which was kind of in the mid-range. I had, I thought it would be a little bit higher in the 1.3s. I was predicting 1.39. I had 1.2, so. But they had, uh, the February free month was interesting because they had 200,000 people sign up for that free month and they kept 75% of them. Well, they wanted WrestleMania. Right. Yeah. But still, they signed up for the free month and then signed up for another month. I mean, 75% retention on a free trial is not bad. Whether they stay for the next month after that, I don't know, but. I I tend to think that was more people shifting around their subscriptions to get the free month than they were going to come into WrestleMania anyways. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a good thing for the WWE but to to post those numbers, but you know, lies, damn lies and statistics. I'd like to I'd like to get behind the meat of those numbers to be honest with you. They announced that they've had 1.8 million unique subscribers. So if the 1.8 people or 1.8 million people that have tried out the network, 1.3 are sticking around. Okay. So 500,000 people have tried it and decided they didn't like it. But it's not like they've had, you know, 4 million people try it for a month and all of them quit to bring us back down to 1.3. So at least people who are trying it stick around for a good portion of the time. So the key really is to get more people to try it. Because if you can get more people to try it at a 75% success rate, they might have something here. They're going to do another free month in April. They are. So. Yeah. They are starting tomorrow, April 1st, April Fool's Day. They're going to try that out. You don't you don't think it's possible that this Raw in Montreal, by the way, just doubling back to that, that they might have Sami Zayn come up? They'd kill him, I think. I don't think to look good. I mean, they may put him like on a main event taping or superstars taping, but, yeah. you know, if you're going to put him on the main roster, put him on the main roster. Maybe Kevin don't... Owens for an NXT title defense just yeah. uh, as a guy. I don't know. Well, I want to talk about this development slate a little bit. Uh, the upcoming shows? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so we'll run through these. I don't think we have to go too in-depth with every show here. No, but I do have some general statements about it, so go through the go through the rundown and I'll get on it. Coming up in May, which is only a month away, a new show called Swerved. Where the, uh, Knoxville. Um, yeah, WWE is teaming up with uh, the director of Jackass and Brad and Bad Grandpa, Jeff Tremaine, to give you the hilarious original series Swerve. Swerve is a half-hour series that will premiere in May. It's basically a prank show. It's Impractical Jokers with wrestlers. Yep. Uh, Camp WWE, which is going to be an animated comedy series. Mm-hmm. Um, TVMA, which is interesting. Yep, coming up with uh, Seth Green is producing this one, so another show Seth Green will be a producer of that uh, I'm not really thinking he's going to be too heavily involved with after a long period of time. Uh, this is going to be like your, I mean, like a lot of people are comparing it to South Park. Yeah, it's what it, it's it's basically Slam City for adults, except you make the wrestlers children and you put them in a camp. The Diva Search is coming back this fall. Mm-hmm. Yep, so they're going to have a global Diva Search, so having women from all over. Now, this goes into something. They've been signing a lot of international women lately for developmental. Whether they're going to have those people in the Diva Search or they're just going to go with full-on models. And this could very well be a reason why they've kept someone like Zara off TV, uh, Zara Schreiber. Maybe yeah. they're going to have some of these women actually go on this Diva Search 
instead of it being separate from the developmental women contracts, I'm interested in seeing. But they've signed a lot of them, and especially some international women, too. Great. We can get another Eva Marie. Well, if you do the model thing, if you're doing the international women they've been signing, though, are wrestlers. So if you put the international women who are attractive women but actually know how to wrestle, that could be something that you do. You can do someone like Dana Brooke. You can put they'll someone be, like Dana Brooke in the Diva Search. Well, they'll be well. They'll be the they'll be the ringers that are eliminated and then sent back to developmental to train to eventually get on to NXT. But right now, for a Diva Search, they're going to be looking for the model types that they can put them on the E show, and you can have that crossover. Maybe, yeah. I, I guess it would when this happens. When this comes out, like if you see the cast list. Basically, from the cast list, we'll know what exactly they're doing here. You know, just like in Tough Enough, where they got rid of guys with wrestling backgrounds. Yeah, but they got rid of the Matt Crosses, who honestly were never going to be WWE's next big star. I I love that when Matt Cross was on this list, and I like Matt Cross, he's perfectly fine, but when Matt Cross was on the list of WWE Tough Enough uh, several years ago, and everyone's like, oh, Matt Cross is the ringer. I'm like, it's Matt Cross, guys. No, he's he's a sacrificial lamb. He's not the ringer. He's not. He, I don't think he's that either. They were. They, you could give him a shot, but the dude does not have the charisma to become. You know, well, I was some, thinking more like your Austin Aries, who couldn't even get on to Tough Enough. That's the thing too, and they keep those guys completely off the show, right? Because you, they know if they put him on the cast, they pr- he's really a ringer. Well, Austin Aries me, probably wins. Let's be real, unless he just to, pisses off Steve Austin, which could happen. I don't even think Steve may not even be a part of this. I don't think Steve, no, I'm saying for the season he would have been on. Okay. Steve Austin I, season. I just don't think, I mean, and you got the Jerry Springer Jerry show. Jerry Springer, Too Hot too for hot TV, for coming TV. up this month, yep. None of these programs help your current product. It's all branding and using the brand to do something, but it doesn't help any of the wrestlers in any way. It doesn't expand anybody's, it doesn't help with character development in them in any ways. Oh, whoa, and, whoa, 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 whoa. There's one. Well, we're not done with this list. Let's go through the list before you start doing your little spiel here. Okay. Live with Chris Jericho. They're doing the Chris Jericho podcast in the free month instead of Steve Austin hosting it uh, mm-hmm. to continue their deal with Podcast One and all their hosts. And Chris will throw up softball questions all day long. I, so nice. I could not be. I could not be less interested in Chris Jericho podcast featuring John Cena. John Cena. No, nope, I, I could. Right I don't care. Nothing's going to be said. Nothing. Culture shock with Corey Graves. They keep giving this guy something to do, hoping that he'll find something he's good at. Because right now it's only pre-show commentary. Like, this is slightly interesting, but it goes into another one of my notes. So continue. Uh, WWE The List, which is coming in June, uh, <laughs> which sounds like countdown to me. Yes. But I guess they're going to make it different somehow. But this is the one I wanted to bring up because it kind of goes into our discussion with Chris Harrington on our episode a few weeks ago talking about this call. Not completely the same, but unfiltered with Renee Young coming in May. This is the podcast idea that I had. WWE announcer Renee Young interviews WWE superstars. Now, she's Mm going to have outside celebrity guests as well. But eventually those are probably going to dry up and you're going to have the sit downs with like the Roman Reigns and the Rybacks and all the WWE guys. This is basically what I was calling for. A WWE and by, and by, call, and by And by calling it unfiltered, I immediately think it's going to be filtered. Well, of course it is. But at the same time, this has potential. Like the, if we're just going by what it sounds like, this is exactly what I would be hoping they would do is you have Renee Young, your own host, something you control. Sitting down with your superstars instead of going on an hour-long podcast that's outside of your network so that other people can make money off of it. This is something you should put on the network. So I like the idea of this. It doesn't really say it's a short form, so I'm assuming it's going to be like a half an hour. If it goes an hour, that's fine too. But um, you, there's, some, will, there's I will, something I will, there. I will, I will reserve judgment on there, that. There's something there. The rest of the development slate is like every single third-rate cable channel reality work show that they do now. And it's odd to me because WWE wants to be seen as a legitimate media company, and they're just basically – doing all these white trash reality type shows. I mean, the only thing that's missing here is Vince McMahon telling someone that they're the father of a baby. That's the only thing that's missing from this development slate or a, show. or a court show with like David Otunga, David Otunga doing a people's court type show. I'd love that but show I mean, too. But it's like, You're you naming know, great shows right here. 
No, I'm not. They, I mean, they want to. No, David Otunga hosting a court show would be excellent. I agree. I agree with that premise. But at the same time, you know what I'm saying here? They're, they do they do five five to six hours of worked TV. Anyways, these are just cheap and easy reality shows like that that really don't add all that much. They just they're branding things that make that take time. That's it, and it doesn't it doesn't complement your current programming, and it doesn't supplement your current programming really. I, I just I, I find that odd. It, it's, uh, you know, I mean, everybody has seen every reality show there is. Why do we need them on this network? It's almost like the WWE development slate is 10 years behind everybody else instead of being forward thinking. But it's cheap and easy. I, I'll give it that. But it's not, it's not going to make them any more legitimate. I'll put it that way. It's super cheap and easy. Yeah, well, and it's funny because they go, well, look at the amount of money they're putting into this. I'm like, all those programs can be done on the cheap with handhelds. Are you kidding me? You got to pay. I mean, Seth Green, when Seth Green's attached to something, though, it's kind of it's not going to be super cheap. Seth Green will give the WWE a hometown discount because he's a fan. I don't uh, I don't know about that, but he makes enough. He makes enough money producing other shows. When has when has they made enough money? Stop people from still wanting their full value. That's the thing. That's because they'll give them creative control like a TVMA. There is a uh, – someone tweeted us. There's a YouTube video with Brock Lesnar and the Suplex City rap. <laughs> Should I dare play that right now? Should I play it? Yes, no. Sure. I don't know. It could be good. It could be awful. I was afraid you are going to show me the video of the guy who was tackling his girlfriend into the pool with – the the Oops. the revenge with uh, Heyman and and Brock. No, I, don't. I hate that video. By the way, I do too. Of the English dude, because first of all, it looks super dangerous. There are times where he almost drops the girl. Like if you watch the behind the scenes, which is also on his YouTube channel, there are a ton of times where he slips and falls, and they could have easily been injured on a number of things. Well, I guess Brock and Heyman dress him down quite a bit. Well, good. I mean, it's a super popular video. It's got millions of views, but Jesus, something could have gone wrong there. And it was two girls. They were twins. He was doing things to two different girls. Two girls, one schmuck. All right. Well, let's listen to this rap. Probably not the whole thing, but let's see if this is any good. WrestleMania 31. Brock Lesnar. Man, this is great. I can't hear it. Suplex City, bitch, wrecking Roman Reigns with my German whip, throw him over the ring, I release that shit, cause I'm Brock Lesnar, I don't need no bridge, cause I hurt my neck, many... I'm done with that rap. Couldn't hear that? Couldn't hear it, glad I didn't. Sorry, it wasn't that good. Okay. I don't know, why can't you hear that? I have everything set up how I'm supposed to. Well, it's on your end, not me. Oh, what did I do? (laughs) What did I do? I don't know what I did. Oh well. Uh, The listeners heard it, so that's all that matters. Okay. At least I hope they did. If there's just like a minute of silence, we're in trouble. Um, PWG, this Friday yes. night. You're yes. going. I am. Once How's... more into the breach, my friend. How excited are you for it? I'm moderately excited. I, I'm not as excited as I have been in the past just because there's not a lot of guys that I'm huge fans of, but there's a lot of new guys that I'm interested in seeing. I'm interested in seeing Tommy End. I'm interested in seeing Andrew Everett. Um, the Trevor Lee speedball Mike Bailey match fascinates me to no end. And, uh, of course, Brian Cage is Brian Cage, and I'll never stop not being fascinated by that guy. So, you know, it'll, I think it'll be, and, of course, uh, the main event interests the heck out of me. Roddy, Roddy, who's having a tremendous run as PWG champ, uh, taking on Zack Sabre Jr., who I really like. But, yeah. uh, Looks interesting. no, I'm... I, it's 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 an interesting card. It's not one that makes me go, you know. I mean, there's no, you know, there's no Steen, Young Bucks, El Generico, you know. <laughs> I mean, there's no superstar of indies that makes me want to go. But it's still an interesting for young up and comers. I think the only really young up and comer who was around San Jose this past year weekend, not on this card, is Timothy Thatcher. Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, I mean, ACH, I mean, it's a lot of rematches from this weekend too. I mean, you have, uh, 
you know, I think the Everett Ricochet match is a is a redo. Uh, Monster Mafia taking on Side Allen Saban, who of I mean their their last couple of showings at PWG they were phenomenal, and uh, you know ACH and Champa I think will be a good match. So we'll see. I mean I, I I'm I'm determined to have fun no matter what. I'm determined to not go in tired, which also makes me cranky. And I'm determined to to, to uh to uh since I'm in the front row to be far more into it than than I would be if I was stuck in the back hot. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> no, I, I'm very excited though overall. Yeah. Well, there you go. So that'll be on Friday. Maybe next week we'll talk about it. Is there anything on this uh, list that uh, interests you? I would. Uh, Roderick Strong, every match he's in, interests me. Um, okay. Andrew Everett, Ricochet, I think will be really good. Yeah. I uh, think they had a match at uh, WWN, maybe. Yeah. Michael, uh, Mike Bailey and Trevor Lee, someone yeah. interested in that one. Uh, and everything else is kind of like I could. It, it almost feels like you can watch on any indie show in the country. Like yeah, anyone you go to, it's there. ACH Champa match, Brian Cage, mm-hmm. Biff Busick. Maybe not the Beaver Boys against the world's cutest tag team, but right. I'm not the biggest fan of the world's cutest tag team. So it's one of those cards where like WWE pay per views recently. I mean, going in you may not be thrilled about it, but going out you're probably gonna think like, Oh my god, what an amazing show. And I think Sab- I think Zack Sabres Jr. is gonna exceed expectations on in the world title match. Next week on the show, we continue our top 100 countdown. Yes, yes I am excited. The about. War Games main event of WCW Wrestle War 1991. You can follow along to all of our previous top 100 uh, match reviews at shakethemropes.com slash top 100. Uh, mm-hmm. So we will get back to that next week. The War Games main event of Wrestle War. So you can watch that, tweet along with us, and we'll review that show uh, coming up. We have... Uh, the week after is a match I actually just watched part of the other day because it came up in a discussion with the at voices of wrestling guys. Um, Steve Austin and Dude Love from Over the Edge 1998, which is another match that features rule changes throughout <laughs> the match. So okay. That came up as we were discussing the fact that the main event of WrestleMania was a singles match in which the rules changed in the middle of the match. Because I'm sure that contract that Cena and Brock Lesnar signed allowed for that to happen. Speaking of rule changes, I I, I did ask if the Sting Triple H match was announced as no DQ pre WrestleMania, didn't I? Sure, was it? I don't think it was. I never heard but about it. Neither did I. The other thing I was going to ask also, and I don't think and, they, it, I don't think they announced it during the intros either. No, they did during so, the intro. They said it's no DQ. Oh, okay, I, I remember that. All right, go ahead. Um, did. Raw change its rating this week. What do you mean? Did it go from oh to like TVMA or or TV or 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 fourteen? Because they uh, I heard there they used their their swear quotient in the first few minutes. Well, it was Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman was saying "bitch, bitch this, bitch that." Well, and 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 Stephanie dropped I think an ass or a bitch or something like that as well. I was like, are we going back to the MA era? I was kind of hoping, but. It just seemed it threw me off a bit. I I don't believe so. Okay. Continue with your outro. I don't believe so. <laughs> uh shakethemropes.com, voicesofwrestling.com. You can go subscribe to our TV. Our YouTube show is shakethemropes.com slash YouTube. Subscribe to the podcast if you enjoy it. We encourage you to tell your friends about it. If you know wrestling fans and they're listening to podcasts, make sure they're listening to Shake Them Ropes also. Uh, we will be back next Tuesday. This was a crazy weekend, Jeff. We did three shows. Yes. We did a show after Mania, this show, and we did the show with uh, with you talking NXT in San Jose. Mm-hmm. Um, we were going to talk about the NXT going two hours monthly, possibly, with this network uh, discussion. Yes. The fact that it's not happening now, I think we don't have to worry about it. I think we're both fuming about that. And I'm not fuming because basically- I... I, I think quarterly is perfectly fine because they give them the big special event feel. Yes, I would have liked them to be monthly because I can, you know, get around the fact that they wouldn't be as special as before, but they'd still be great. Look at the talent roster that's on there. How about bi-monthly? I'll take bi-monthly. Bi-monthly is great, you know, but don't make don't make the same problem that Raw has and giving too much content with, you know, people getting burned out and not knowing how to do it. Yeah, no, I know. I, and I, I, I'd much rather NXT be brought up and be SmackDown than anything. Yeah, but depending on what they do with this, because it was originally reported by people, and I never saw it anywhere, so I never really took it with much of a grain of salt. So I guess 
in this way. I'm, I'm good in that regard that I didn't get disappointed by this news. But originally it was reported that it was going monthly. And then, of course, uh, today it's been said that they are not doing that. They're going to remain quarterly. So uh, maybe that'll change in the future. If it does change in the future, we can have the much longer discussion about it. Uh, but for right now, I think that's going to do it for Shake Them Ropes, episode 75. We'll be back next Tuesday talking next week's Raw, any fallout from this Mania week, and a whole bunch more on Shake Them Ropes. In a world of one million wrestling podcasts, there is a new shining star with great interviews, analysis, music, and, and me, Matt Coon, on total engagement. Go to any podcast platform to listen today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.